Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. This week, we're tackling three powerful reminders for improving your launch during your open cart. So even after making a perfect plan, you mapped everything out, you built everything, you tested everything, there will likely come a time, especially when the cart is open, when you're selling, when you're supposed to be selling what you're selling, where you might start asking, how can we improve this? How can we turn this around? So if you've ever had a challenging launch or you just want some ideas on how to improve, keep listening. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible and reach more of the right people? I'm your host, Ann Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're going to do each and every week. I want to show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited to be here for my first official episode of 2021. It has been a nutty first few weeks of the year. My daughter is off until tomorrow as of this recording and um, uh, back to school after a long winter break from school. So that's kind of why I didn't release anything because I just really wanted to be present with her. And you know what? I've got five years of content. So if you went to the podcast and you're like, wow, there's no new episodes, there are always going to be episodes available to you. And I try to share those with you throughout the year, even though they might be six months old, one year old, or even more. Um, So make sure to go check all of those episodes out. I'm just going to link over to some of my favorites because, you know, why not? It's the beginning of a new year and there are definitely things that you may have not heard throughout the year, just depending on what was happening for you. So today I'm going to be talking about launch recovery strategies. Okay. And here's, here's the thing about that. Launch recovery doesn't necessarily mean you're in a state of panic. It could just mean you're just looking for ways to improve your launch. So really I should just call this launch improvement strategies. So when I work with clients in my launch incubator program, which if you don't know about that, I'm going to put a link below because you got to be in there. If you are someone who wants uh, personalized attention, someone to work with you from the very beginning of your launch process of, you know, creating all the things and really ramping yourself up towards the launch. But I get to, I get a chance to be with people all the way from somewhere in the beginning of their preparation for a launch all the way through to the end. And there's something I do with the clients who are in that and 
participants of the program, regardless of their type of business. I mean, this this actually happens even in fearless launching. You know, at some point during people's launches, or I discovered on an office hours call, we always talk about ways to improve. Now, like I said before, some of some of you, for some of you, that that's going to mean just getting a sale if you're struggling to get any sales. For others, it's going to be about improving and getting more or getting to the root of, say, a technical problem or what's happening, what is working, what's not. And there are things you'll be able to fix during your launch and some things you'll just need to put put a pin in that and say, okay, well, I guess I, I guess we should have done that and we'll remember that for next time. So if at any time you're listening today and you're, you're listening and you think, gosh, I could really use someone guiding me through this, man, I would like to have Anne on speed dial, um, just, just to have someone's voice other than my own echoing in my brain during a launch. I would love to talk to you. So, because I, I love to find ways of helping. I am a detective scientist at heart and always looking for the answers and the right questions for helping people improve. So today we're going to talk about three things to know about being in that invite phase of the launch. If you uh, haven't heard me talk about the different phases of a launch, I think I may do an episode on that, but the invite phase is the third phase. Actually, it's the fourth phase of my four-part framework. And the invite phase is really just when you're open. It's from that moment where you open the cart or open the doors and say, you can buy now, or you can sign up now, or you can work with me now, or you can apply now. So are three things to know and to kind of keep in mind as you are in this phase. And this relates to the things you can change, the things you can't change, the things you can control, the things you can't control. So first of all, expectations. If you're not in this invite phase yet, I think it's a good time to actually start really thinking about what do you expect? And I think defining what you expect and what you want to hit is important. I know that a lot of people don't like setting goals, but I do think doing a good, better, best goal for yourself in terms of whatever your goals are for your launch. If it's a free launch, it's going to look different than a paid launch. If it's a course launch, that's going to look different than a coaching program launch. And you might have different types of goals beyond just, I want to make X amount of dollars. Um, so what it is important to have those goals because we have nothing else to compare what happens to our ex. I mean, the better we get at like having more aligned expectations to what really happens, the better our launches are going to be, the better we're going to feel about them. But until you have data, you won't know if these goals are really based in reality. So it's important that when you set these good, better, best goals, especially if it's a new program, you really want to be able to sit back. And say, okay, here's what I really want to work to. And and that it might not happen right now. And also, it might not happen the way I think it's going to happen. So that would be the second part of this expectation. Not only do you have to kind of like let go of that a little bit. Um, now, I will tell you that 
once you make good, better, best goals, yeah, you can make some guesses on, okay, that means I need X number of people to show up at the challenge or the webinar. That means I need X number of people to convert from a visitor to sign up for that webinar or whatever. There are things that you can, you can kind of reverse engineer that a little bit and come up with those targets. And I do think that in addition to setting up just like a good, better, best kind of goal, work your way backwards through whatever it is that you're planning for your launch and end up basically look at, look at the way that someone is going to learn about your launch. Is it going to be because you've been talking about a challenge or some other sort of interactive style event, like a mini course, a five-day mini course, or a a webinar or a video series or a, you know, whatever it could be. It could be just anything that you are doing for your launch. Is it a uh, series of Facebook lives? Is it a series of podcast episodes? Just define what that path is for people so that at least you can say, okay, I want X number of people to watch the video series. I want X number uh, to sign up for the video series. I want X number of people to then convert to my customers. And then you can kind of figure out, okay, well, if I want that many people to sign up for my thing, then how many people am I going to need to hit that page? Um, So there are definitely things that we go into in terms of like, how much traffic do you need to get that many people in? And then how many people need to sign up for you to get that goal? And those are all guesses before you have any data. Just note, just remind yourself, these are all guesses. It doesn't have anything to do with the quality or the value that you're providing. It's, they're just guesses as to who's going to show up, how many people are going to show up. And then the second part of expectations, which this has been kind of one that came to me a couple of years ago, I want to think at this point, and that is that sales come how they're going to come. And sometimes you might be like, no one signed up for my webinar. And then you have a conversation with someone on Instagram or someone just messages you about working with you and you're able to tell them about your program or what you're doing. So just be open to how those sales are going to come to you. I think that I spent probably a good couple of years really like kind of feeling like, and this is, this is another kind of piece of, is that a real launch or not? Like some people think, well, you know, only past customers signed up for the the program. That's not actually real. Actually it is. And in fact, I, I love having people repeat and do things with me in different ways. So they might be in fearless launching or went to a planning class or something like that. And then they're in the incubator. That is amazing. And so I just want you to kind of open your mind about how the sales will come. And because that's going to open you up to different ideas that we'll get to in a little bit. But I just wanted to say that in terms of expectations, you know, you can set those good, better, best goals and and really map out the process people are going to go through and kind of put mini goals in, in each of those steps. But until you actually have any data, you won't really, like you're just setting it up so you'll have data in a, in a sense next time. You'll have more information next time. But when you're just starting, you just, with any offer, it doesn't even matter what your past offers were performing at. You need to really give each 
product, and I, I'm not a fan of having 10 million different offers, but let's just say you're, you used to have a program that, or you used to have a service that it was really easy for you to enroll people into and to sign people to work with you. And now you're doing something completely different. Like you're doing a subscription box. It's going to just have a whole other, its own unique set of information about it. Now, will you, maybe you'll have an easier time getting that data because you've already had customers and clients in different spaces. That's also why you need to let go of how the sales are going to come. Okay, so number two, three things to know about this, this whole kind of process, okay, of opening the doors and, and wanting to make improvements. Here's the mindset. And so we have expectations. Second is mindset. So there are three pieces to this mindset that will really keep you going. Okay. One, it's not over till it's over. B, ask the right questions every single day. And C, keep it personal. So let's go through each one, one at a time. So it's not over till it's over. So instead of sitting back and saying, okay, You can't just say, okay, I'm going to let go of the outcome. The right people are going to show up. Now that's a great, great place to be, but you also have to have the mind, but it's not over till it's over. And so you have to be actively looking at what you're putting out there, looking at, are you selling enough? Are you sharing enough? Are you letting, do enough people know that you're doing what you're doing? How many people are actually going to your sales page, your offer? If you're not getting any traffic there, you're not talking about it enough or in the right way or to the right people. And that's sometimes a hard thing to hear. I know this because it was a hard, it's a hard thing to look at, but you're, you're looking at it for yourself. So don't shame yourself. Just look at it as data. Okay. How many people are hitting that sales page? Okay, great. How many people signed up for that webinar? Okay. And so you might be able to just kind of, again, go back during on your path, like whatever it is. So let's say the end of the path is becoming a customer. What's before that? The sale, the checkout page, what's before that? The sales page, what's before that? The, I don't know what, how the email or the webinar or the challenge or the, or the clarity call, or you, you just need to go back in that chain and just be like, okay, where can I improve? And this is where asking the right questions comes in because sometimes, and I just spoke, I just talked about this with, um, one of my friends over the weekend. And it's just that asking these right questions. So you might ask a question and be like, oh yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That's exactly why this is happening. And that may be a part of the puzzle, but it's just like having, um, symptoms and you're feeling sick just because a symptom seems obviously related to something doesn't mean it's the reason it doesn't mean it's the core reason something is or isn't working so always look for the questions the right questions i say and this is something a coach talked about I guess actually many of my coaches have said this at this point. Are you having a traffic problem? Are there just not enough people looking at it? Or are you having a conversion problem? So I would first look at, you know, obviously if people have not purchased, it could be a conversion problem. 
And then you can look at, well, are people hearing the right message? Are the right people hearing the right message? And sometimes traffic and conversion are the issues, but tackle one at a time. So based on your exact people who have been through your experience, your challenge, your webinar, your your workshop series, your mini course, whatever it is, if no one has purchased, and those are the people really primed to be the best candidates for whatever you're offering, now is where you get to see, keep it personal. That was the last part of this whole mindset is just, you know, especially if you are reaching people like imagine, so you're at 0% conversion rate right now. Imagine if just one person out of your small group of people that maybe, maybe you're like, well, not enough people really came to the webinar. Okay. But what if two of those people of your, I don't know how ever many people came to your thing or watched your video or attended your live, whatever. Um, imagine just two of those and how that increases your conversion. So before you add traffic to the mix, this is just like how I like to do it. How can you reach out to the people who have been interactive, have been liking, have been following, opening emails, going to your webinars, How can you reach out to them in a way that isn't pushy, in a way that feels okay for you, but how can you send that extra email or that extra message to those people? Do you need to run an ad to people who've maybe landed on the sales page? Um, If people haven't gone to your sales page, what does that say? Does that say that maybe your offer wasn't compelling enough? Like these are just questions. You can just ask And when you ask questions based on what actually has happened, you may come up with some, you know, solutions to that. That's why I work with people on this because sometimes it just takes multiple people to ask, to get to that right core question. It's not even the right question. It's the core question. And I'm always keeping it personal. I always make my own VIP list of people that I want to join a thing, whether it's fearless launching, whether it's the incubator, no matter what it is, I'm always like, you know who I'd really want in this incubator and I'll reach out to them. So remember these, these mindset kind of things, (laughs) I guess not, they're not really mantras, but it's not over till it's over. Have I asked the core question and how can I make it personal? How can I keep it personal right now? Because those are things that can easily improve your launches. So the next thing I want you to know about being in this invite phase of the launch is momentum. I want to talk about momentum because I, no matter what kind of launch it is, no matter what kind of um, sales process it is, whether it's an evergreen. I notice these things in myself, by the way. So I'm not just pointing the finger out at, well, you better get this control handled. It can happen with that kind of a sales process. It can happen with more of a live launch. It doesn't matter because here's the thing. We do all this work on our stuff. At some point we hit a wall and we're just tired. So We need to find ways throughout the launch process to keep us moving forward, to keep us nurtured and like filled up, like keep our tires full, 
Like you don't want any flat tires as you're going into your launch. So the number one thing you can't do is disappear. Is say, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to post today. Nope. During the invite phase, you got to keep showing up. You have to keep emailing your list. You have to keep stick to your plan. You have to keep showing up everywhere you possibly can. So for instance, and, and actually what that might mean is going against some of the things I, I say about establishing your best channel, check out emerging channels and platforms. Like for instance, Clubhouse. Go on there. Start interacting with people. Go back to your mindset tip of keeping it personal and interact with some people over there. Okay. Clubhouse is, is across the board, something that I am, you know, as long as it's around, I'm hoping that it, that it grows, but that if you're not a part of it and you can find someone who has an invite leftover or gets an invite, or you can ask someone, you know, is on Clubhouse and you have, as of this recording, an iOS phone or an iPad or something on that platform, go in there. That's a great way to keep it personal. Um, how, can you can you reach out to some potential partners, people who maybe you weren't thinking you were going to have an affiliate program, but you're like, you know, I need to get in front of some additional people because my people aren't taking action or there's not enough people taking action or even opening my stuff. I don't know what's happening. So sometimes we just need to breathe new life into our launches. And even if you're during a launch, you can reach out to someone and say, Hey, I'd love to go live for your audience in your Facebook group. And it can just be a simple, you know, you're not going in there to say, Hey, I'm so-and-so and and I've got this thing. You're in there to say, you know, um, and you, of course you can mention what you're doing. Okay. Of course, I want you to keep showing up. I want you to keep mentioning, dropping, dropping hints, not even hints. I want you to keep talking about what your offer is everywhere. So it's going to be up to you to do that. Um, I want to make sure that I mention that there is a, a download that I created like maybe about a year ago, but I just re-looked at it and I said, oh yeah, I should, I should make sure they know about this. Um, and it is a launch recovery strategies kind of PDF with all these ideas of things that you can do on the fly. You can just, just say, okay, I'm not getting enough eyes on my sales page. I'm going to go live here, here, and here. You know, there are those kinds of things that are, that you can do last minute. There are things that you can plan for in advance that, okay, if we, if we need to, we're going to do this, this, and this. Lots of suggestions in that workbook. I will put the link below because I think there was a part one to this conversation. Um, and another episode where I talked about, um, turning around your launch. So I'm going to put all of those links below. So I know that this is a lot, right? Um, And so expectations, getting those kind of really clear about what your expectations are and then kind of letting go of what they are and, and preparing, by the way. So preparing by preparing your mindset. Like it's not over till it's over. I don't have to close these doors ever if I don't want to. I, I know, you know what I mean? Like, so if you're not getting sales, if you are getting sales or if you're not, you can choose how long the doors stay open. You don't even have to talk about it publicly after a certain date, but you can still be enrolling people. It's not over till you say it's over. Asking the right questions, the core question to come up with that core problem. 
keeping it personal as a way to uh, improve your launch. Like, okay, let's get in here. Let's keep it personal. Let's make it personal. And then momentum is that third thing that's really important about this invite phase. Um, You can't disappear. You have to keep showing up, keep emailing your list, keep posting on social and stick to your plan. Meaning, I'm not meaning you have to stick to the date. I'm meaning you have to stick to the strategy and you have to stick to and commit to getting your program, getting your idea, getting your experience that you have, that you're selling, whatever that is, to your perfect person. You have to stick to the plan. Don't start removing things because you're like, eh, I feel weird. No one's paying attention. You can't do that. Stick to your plan in terms of how you wanted to get this out to your audience, to the world. Okay, now this is not the end of the conversation. So if you want to dig into what happened on your launch or your last launch before you do it again, reach out to me. I'm I'm telling you, having someone else's eyes on your launch is the only way to go. So I have two, maybe three. It really just depends on the people. But I have a couple of spots available right now for the incubator as of January 2021. If you want to deep dive this convo with someone who's worked on many types of launches, B-School with Marie Forleo and Revolution U with Jonathan Fields and worked with Denise Duffield Thomas. I've consulted on so many launches. Laura Roeder, when she was doing courses, you need to jump in and, and check out the incubator. Um, Ansomoylove.com forward slash incubator to just go over there. Or you can just go over to Instagram and send me a direct message. Um, I will put all those links for you in the show notes. And like I mentioned, if you want to listen to that other episode we did on launch recovery strategies and download the link to the free PDF, make sure to click on the link in the show notes so you can grab that and listen and fill that or just come up with some ideas on on the fly. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got some value out of this. I hope you got some encouragement and just know that everyone goes through that moment where they're like, wow, things aren't exactly happening as I expected, but we're going to work on this. We're going to figure this out. It's a puzzle. You're a detective. You're a scientist doing an experiment. Use whatever analogy you need to. And just know that I'm here to support you. And I'm excited to hear what you come up with for some of your own launch recovery strategies. All right. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next week.